Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Holy crap, how is it Thanksgiving week? I feel like September went by so slowly and October and November, literally blink of an eye, not even like half a blink of an eye, but we are here. We are officially in the holiday season and I know that that can get really difficult for people who are single and who, you know, might be the last single person in their family or you go home for the holidays and everybody says like, why are you still single? Or so is there anyone you should tell me about? And I know it can be really stressful. I know it can be really triggering for a lot of people. I know the holidays are like such a triggering time for so many reasons, but I want to start by saying for those who have siblings or cousins or daughters and sons or anyone in their family who is coming home for the holidays and you're going to be seeing them, just don't ask them, why are you still single? Or don't ask, when are you going to have someone to bring to the holidays? Like, please, please, please do not ask them that question because I promise you they're trying and there's no good answer to that question. There's no satisfying answer. And it's just a really frustrating thing to hear. And the same goes for giving unsolicited dating advice. You know, don't start telling your siblings what they're doing wrong or why they're single. Just, you know, listen and support one another. And on the flip side of that, if you do get asked that question, that horrible, horrible question of why are you still single? Here are some things you can say. You can change the subject and talk about how you're crushing it at your job or how you just got an awesome new apartment, just got a promotion, how something really great is happening to you that you've wanted for a really long time. And just talk about that instead. You can say, oh, like I have so many funny dating stories if you want to hear them and kind of veer into just how modern dating is really hard and talk about that. You can say, yeah, like I've been trying and I've met some people. I'm just waiting to find the right person. I don't want to settle. I think any of those answers is better than just being like, oh, I don't know. I'm trying and, you know, I wish I had someone. It's really hard out there. Like, I don't know. Why am I still single? Like, It's better to have an answer that you feel confident in and just kind of have that prepared than to go on a word vomiting rampage of it's really hard. And I know that you want me to have somebody here and I'm trying my fucking best, but dating literally sucks. So just food for thought, you know, think about your answer in advance. And also like just in general, focus on all of the other things in your life that are amazing and that are making you happy and bringing you joy and propelling you forward into your future, whether it be with friendships, with career, with big life changes, whatever it is, like dating isn't everything and it doesn't define you. Your relationship status does not define you. It shouldn't define you in your eyes. It should not define how your family sees you. And yeah, so just, you know, have that answer in the back of your hands and change change the subject. You don't have to talk about it forever. You shouldn't have to talk about it at all, but I digress. I need to take a moment and share the fact that the seeing other people Instagram is over 41,000 strong now. Like what? Guys, how did that happen? I am so grateful for anyone who's listening to this for the first time, for anyone who's listened to this since day one. I just feel so lucky and so supported and truly so thankful in the spirit of Thanksgiving. Um, I'm so thankful for anyone who has given me a a chance, given seeing other people a shot and supported, whether it be for one day, for a year since day one. Um, It's really crazy and it's really magical. And I 
I just am really so thankful and I can't believe this is my life and this is my job. So thank you guys. Thank you to anyone who has ever shared an episode with a friend, posted on your story, even tagged a friend in a post or shared a video with a friend, shared it with your group chat, learned something from it, laughed from it. It just, it really makes my world go round and I cannot express my gratitude. Like there are not the right words to express how much this means to me. So with that being said, we have an incredible guest on today's episode, Eli Rollo. She is so amazing. I have been absolutely dying for this episode to come out since A, the day I booked her as a guest and B, since the second we finished recording this episode. Eli Rollo, if you don't know her, she is a writer, content creator, the host of the podcast Miss Congeniality. And she's actually now writing a book called I Didn't Know I Needed This. It's coming out next fall 2023. And I just think so highly of her. She is so incredible and has so much great advice to give and such an amazing outlook on life and on dating and relationships and friendships and all of the things that we navigate in our 20s. So one thing that Eli is really big on is creating her own rules. And you guys, for those who have been around for a long time, you know that I'm very anti rules. So it might sound crazy that this episode is actually partially about rules. But I really admire the way that Eli creates these rules. And so we talk about how to create your own rules that work for you in dating emphasis on that work for you, because I wholeheartedly believe that one set of rules cannot apply to everyone. But Eli has a really great strategy for, you know, making rules for different situations that work for you. And we talk about rules for getting ghosted rules for combating loneliness and seasonal depression. Um, Eli talks about how she manifested her boyfriend. And I am a non-believer, I think. I uh, To this point, I've been a non-believer in manifestation. Um, but Eli kind of changes my perspective on that. So she gives us a little manifestation 101 lesson, uh, kind of spells out what it is, how to do it. Manifestation for dummies, kind of. But I definitely changed my perspective on manifestation from Eli in this episode. And then we answer listener questions about making new friends in a new city, moving in with your partner, accepting that you, you know, said something to someone and said things that you regret and so much more. This is such a fun, genuine, real, just all around great episode. I'm so excited that it's finally here. Don't forget, you guys can always book one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. You can book an emotional support human session if you have a dating problem, a dating question, something you want to vent about, something you're confused about, or just want to shoot the shit with me. You can book those. You can also book a dating app profile revamp with me. There is a link for that in the show notes. Um, if your profile needs a facelift, if you are attracting the wrong type of people, if you feel like you sh are not having a good experience on the dating apps, let's talk. Let's figure that out. I promise I will help you get to a better place and really make your dating app profile better fit for you and for what you're looking for. So don't forget, you can book all of those in the show notes. And please, please, please share this episode with a friend as you're listening. If you love it, if you have not yet given a five star rating and review, it goes such a long way. And again, thank you guys so much. Like I am seriously this Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that is listening right now. I cannot express that enough. So just my heart goes out to you. Love you all. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful time with your families or friends or just on your couch with Netflix this holiday season and this Thanksgiving. One of my favorite things about what I do is that I get to share all of it with you. So much happens behind the scenes of seeing other people. And I love that I'm not only able to share the finished products, but also give you a look into the process. One tool that has been instrumental in bringing my ideas to life throughout this year has been Adobe Express. 
It has become such a staple for how I plan, create, and share all of the content for the Seeing Other People Instagram, which has really become the heart of this community. There are so many moving parts involved in creating and sharing content, and Adobe Express has truly transformed the process of making consistent and high-quality social campaigns. Those new episode stories that you see every Tuesday and Thursday originated as an Adobe Express template, and then I put a little spin on it. Now that it's made, all I have to do is fill in the info for each episode every week. It is so simple. I have templates for audiograms and feed previews, and my entire library of assets like fonts, colors, and logos are available at the tips of my fingers. And the best part is you can have all of these set up for multiple projects too, which was so life-changing when I was freelancing earlier in the year and was working on a gazillion campaigns for all different clients all at once. If there's one thing you guys should know about me, it's that the only thing less put together than me is my calendar. And that is where the Adobe Express content scheduler has been a complete game changer. It allows me to plan in advance and share the content directly from my feed to my computer. You guys, I kid you not, I have over 130,000 pictures slash videos on my phone. So to be able to create content and post it without actually having to send it to my phone is the greatest thing that this year has brought me. So thank you, content scheduler, for that. I'm also always thinking of ways that I can get you guys involved, whether it be in the podcast or on the gram. And so I've been working on a ton of new initiatives in Adobe Express that will do exactly that. So stay tuned. They will be rolling out in the next few months, and I can't wait for you to see them. For anyone who works with content, I cannot stress enough how much Adobe Express will help you. It will help level up your pages by creating a consistent look and feel across your content. And between setting up your brand and a one-click application of brand elements, it couldn't be easier. Plus, if you're working with multiple platforms, they have a multiple pages feature, which allows you to seamlessly build a cohesive campaign across social channels with multiple similar assets. It just tailors and edits them slightly per channel. This year and really the past two years have been an absolute dream, but this year even more so thanks to Adobe Express and how much easier they have made my job. As we approach the two-year anniversary of seeing other people, oh my God, that's coming up in January. I cannot believe that's happening. Things are about to heat up and look better than ever. You guys, check out Adobe Express. Share what you create with me. Thank me later. Let's bring today's guest in. And we are here with Eli. Eli Rallo, welcome to Seeing Other People. Hi. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you. There is so much that I can't wait to talk to you about. How are you doing? How is the fall unfolding for you? Like what is, I feel like your life is so amazingly crazy right now. It's so busy, but I have to say I am like a cold weather person. Like I do not like the summer. I don't know what it is. I grew up on the beach. Like I should like the summer, but like the fall weather coming in, it like almost gives me my like Devil Wears Prada, like autumn in New York grind mentality that I'm just like loving. I don't know how you feel about weather, but like this weather is my favorite. I love that for you. And I feel like I always say like, I love the fall. It's my favorite time of year. I love fall clothes and stuff, but I'm already like the second it goes below 50, I'm like, oh no, this is not, (laughs) this is not it. (laughs) I was talking to someone yesterday and I was like, there's good winter and bad winter and good winter is like November and December. And then bad winter is everything after the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Right. Yeah. I want to talk. That is one thing I want to talk about. Um, kind of like how a lot of people do face seasonal depression. I know you've done an episode on your podcast, Mix Congeniality about, dealing with loneliness. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people face, especially during this time of year, especially going into the holidays as, you know, if they're still single or if they're going through a breakup, um, 
not where I plan to start, but I would, let's jump right in there. Um, yeah. I know, you know, loneliness is something that like I've experienced. You've talked about it, how like you've faced it at different points in your life. And well, backing up for a second, I'm very excited to talk to you about your rules and a little disclaimer for you, for anyone who's new to seeing other people, I'm very anti-rules. Like I do not You're believe in dating breaker. rules. Yeah. What? Yeah. You're a rule I, Yeah. I'm a rule breaker. I think that rules are, they don't, there can't be one set of rules for everyone. Yes. You know, like what works for you isn't going to work for me, isn't going to work for my best friend, whoever. Totally. But I think that your rules are the exception to that rule that I have <laughs> because your rules are, it's not like these are like the rules that everybody has to follow. You're like, these are my rules that work for me. And there are so many different rules for so many different situations. And I think that it's such an amazing thing for other people to see and be like, Oh wow. Like I can make my own rules for myself. Yes. I think it's exactly what you said. And I was actually just doing an interview with Mashable and they were asking me like, you know, you see some like anti content about like, well, there's no rules for anything. And I agree with that. And the rules aren't even so much rules. I just noticed during the pandemic, like people felt so depressed and lost and stuck. And for me, I created these things for me because I desperately needed to find joy and finding joy for me wasn't like I need to be a millionaire and win the lottery, which would have been great. <laughs> or like, I need to have the man of my dreams land in my lap. It was more just like, I want to enjoy Tuesday. Like I had a nine to five when I was, when I first started doing this, I want to enjoy my fucking Tuesday. Like I, I want to kind of honor what it looks like to do laundry and not dread it. Like, I don't want to sit around on Sunday being like, I can't imagine going to work tomorrow. I cannot imagine Monday coming around. Like, I just want to like my life a little more. And so for me, like they, they it's almost like a to-do list for me. And I'm like a big list person. Cause like my ADHD brain, like I need to be organized like that. And so for me, it was like, okay, I just want a list of things that I know are going to make something better for me, like going to make me not dread a date or like not dread doing laundry or whatever it is. And so I feel like I, I agree with you so much. I have such a problem with authority. Like I'm not good with like authority figures and like, I'm not really good with like sets of rules. So I think it's like ironic, but they, they are different. Like exactly what you said. It's more like, like you said, like you can't control like whether or not you win the lottery, but these are things that are in your control. You can control like how you wake up and approach the day. You can control if you're going to like make something a miserable situation and sit there and wallow about it or like turn things around, make the most of it, like go for a walk and clear your head instead of sitting on the couch and crying. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like what I love. And like, I feel like I've never, you know, there are so many different people who are like, you have to follow these rules. Like I don't agree with like 99% of like quote unquote rules. But when yeah. I first learned about your rules, I was like, yes, like this is something I can get behind. Like these are rules that I support. <laughs> so what would you say like rules for somebody who, you know, is feeling lonely or is afraid that they're really going to face like seasonal depression? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I want to try to see if I've made rules for seasonal depression. I know I haven't posted it, but I'm always working on them. Um, but for me, like I, I started, okay, let me, let me see. I started um, sort of looking at my life less so as like the love I perceived to lack and the things I perceived to lack. Um, and this is in terms of like loneliness in general, but I also think seasonally, like for me, 
once it gets really gray outside, like those feelings just heighten. Instead of focusing on like the love I perceive myself to lack, whether that be romantic love or familial love in in some situations or like whatever that is for me as a person, I start focusing on the love I do have in my life. So maybe that's self-love. Maybe that's like I have really great friends. And I was reading an essay by someone and I, I, I failed to remember what it was called, but she was saying that it was like her 30th birthday and she always put, pictured herself like married, maybe with like a kid on the way, but she was single and she was having her 30th birthday party and she was looking around at the room of people and she was like you know some of my friends are married and some of my friends are in serious relationships but those people are estranged from their parents or they don't have siblings to have a sibling relationship with so she herself instead of wallowing in what she perceived herself to lack she started to say my parents like I have the pinnacle of a healthy, loving, familiar relationship with my parents. Like most people aren't lucky enough to say they have that or like the abundance of friends I have around me. Sure, maybe I don't have a romantic partner right now, but I have all of this other goodness and all this other love. So I think that's definitely one of them for me. And then I think just like being really cognizant and aware of the feelings that you tend to face at certain times. So instead of being like, well, I'm going to be depressed again this year, it's inevitable. I do a lot of mitigation tactics. So I am in therapy as a mitigation tactic. Like in general, I feel pretty good about where I am mentally, but I still go because it's mitigative for me to prevent the burnout, to prevent the breakdown. You know, I know that I get a little bit seasonally depressed. So I'm going to like up my vitamin D intake, or I'm going to buy myself a membership to a Pilates class that like it's like a month unlimited so like I have to go because I bought a month unlimited I have to get out and like move my body in that way or um just like any little things like getting yourself one of those sun lamps or like I love um, something that always brings me like immense joy is either going on Pinterest or going on Street Easy and like planning really elaborate trips or like pretending like I'm going to buy a $10 million apartment, which I'm not going to do. I do that too. We have big dreams over here. It makes me feel better. So I think it's just like being mitigative instead of being reactive and like a lot of times you're still going to have to be reactive as well but like mitigating it before it happens just to take some of the edge off of yourself like think about future you and like do future you a favor I think is really what it is for me I love that and I think it's so smart to you know figure out what those things are that make you happy that bring you joy that you need and maybe it's even like writing a list in your phone or journaling about it if you're somebody who journals and like almost preparing yourself so that when you are in those moments, you have that to look back on. You're like, okay, here's this like menu of all these things that bring me joy. And I can literally go pick like a la carte, like what I feel up to doing today. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's so smart. And uh, like, I can tell obviously you're somebody who has done a lot of self-reflection and I, it's so obvious to see that, like how much you've grown and how self-aware you are. And I think it's something that, you know, for people who haven't started that journey, started that process, it can feel really intimidating, but yeah. just knowing that it's, it's for the good of yourself. Like think about how much like time and energy we put into, you know, staring at our phone, waiting for a guy to text us back or like swiping yeah. on dating apps or scrolling TikTok. Like you may as well take time to, you know, prioritize yourself. Yeah. And you're so right. And I feel like you, we can also all tell that you've done a great deal of self-reflection in that regard. But what you just said about the like joy list is something that's like so big for me, like knowing the things that bring you 
unbelievable amounts of joy for me it's randomly like I'm obsessed with Beyonce's Super Bowl halftime performance and back when I was like interviewing or whenever I had like an intimidating call I would watch it before because it brings me like a level of like inner joy that like my whole body reacts to it like knowing and that is like free like it is free to watch that like that is God's gift like people just need to have those little things where they're like okay I know that like this muffin from this bakery on my street like brings me joy when I'm feeling shitty I'm getting a muffin or like after therapy and a hard session I'm going to get that cookie like it's those little things and I feel like you just like hit the nail on the head with that like joy list idea yeah absolutely for me when I'm either like having a really shitty day or I don't feel great or I just know I need a little pick me up like there's a press juice two blocks away and this is the most like basic bitch thing about me but I am fucking obsessed with their citrus two juice it just brings me so much joy and it's probably like really healthy like it is and then I feel even like better when up for drinking I'm like oh I'm doing a good thing not only vitamins yeah it's great and it probably has like more long-term like healthy effects for me so yeah it's it's all about finding little things and I think that goes for you know if you're whether it's like facing seasonal depression or, or loneliness or you're going through like you're having a really stressful day at work like whatever it is I think having that joy list can just help so so much 100% so I want to talk about getting ghosted you did a video that I absolutely loved about your rules for being ghosted and I always like complain about how like it's 2022 almost 2023 and I'm like there's still content being made all the time about getting ghosted I'm still talking about getting ghosted on almost every podcast episode because people are still ghosting and it's so ridiculous it's so frustrating but it happens yes So I want to talk about, you know, your rules for getting ghosted, reacting to getting ghosted and how we can really, you know, process it and not let it get the most of us. Yes. It's a great question. I think, you know, my first thing that I tell people all the time is that when you're getting ghosted, it actually has nothing to do with you. That person would have ghosted whoever they were seeing. So not to say that you're not special because you are, but it is not a reflection of you. It's a projection of them onto you when they ghost you. They are too cowardly, too disrespectful, too impolite to send the message after three dates. I'm just not interested. So I always like, it's really hard to get out of that self-pitying mindset. Like, it's just me. Like, I wasn't cute enough. Like, first of all, like the right person is just, they're not going to even think like you're not cute enough for them. Like you're just going to be them they're just gonna like you so that's just a ridiculous mindset but it's of course one that I resonate with because it's so familiar to all of us so I think you know I always say like if you're getting ghosted by like your partner of a year these rules don't apply that's very different like that's that's insane and at that point that would be a time that I would like literally confront the person and probably show up at their apartment and be like are you dead like what the fuck like we've been dating for a year but I think if you get ghosted maybe like I would say if it's been less than a month and I would also say if you get ghosted by somebody that you're seriously going on dates with and like talking about the future with, that's another reason to confront someone. But if this is like a casual hookup, a situation ship, a few dates, like less than five dates, then I would say um, about a week after you haven't heard from them anymore, I would just kind of, I would accept the fact that you're probably getting ghosted. I would also accept the fact that if you weren't, do you really want to be with somebody who's going to ignore you for seven days to not reach out to you? And I I am the type of person that can't always answer text messages and I don't answer all my texts usually, but I do think that almost everybody, unless you're going through some tragic thing or you're struggling with your mental health, can send a message 
hey, I have a super busy week thinking of you. That takes five seconds. So I wouldn't make excuses for this person a week after. Then I would like sort of selectively unadd them from things. Like if you had them on Snapchat or Instagram, like you don't need that energy in your life. And listen, don't don't start saying like, oh, well, what if they reach out? Like they have your phone number. Like they can yeah. use it. Like it drives me crazy when it's like, well, what if they were going to Snapchat me? Do you really, really, truly at the age of 25 want him to Snapchat you or them to Snapchat you? Like they have your phone number. And if they cared that much, they would reach out. Then I always give myself like an hour to wallow and be upset about it and feel the the hard feelings because it sucks. It stings. But I always say like you would rather the sting than like the literal burn that would come from like being strung along. Um, Then you're going to drink your iced latte, go get a pastry, um, watch like your favorite episode of TV, like take care of yourself and then kind of go for the revenge. Like it's, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Like you get ghosted. You're like, screw that person. Like Abby Lee Miller said a lot of shitty things, but she also said everybody's replaceable. And I am a hundred percent on that. Like you're hooking up with a guy and he's going to ghost you. Like, okay, bye. I'm going to hook up with your brother. Like not actually, but like, <laughs> I mean, you never know. you're replaceable. And to me, it's just like, put on a really good, an outfit that you feel great in, like split a bottle of red wine with your friends, like have a fun photo shoot. And if the person starts randomly reaching out to you late night, like don't, like don't answer right now. Like just go have your moment, go have fun. Like I always say the best revenge is success in silence, meaning just not saying anything to the person and just going off and thriving and living your life. And then they're going to wonder where their spot is in your life. And they're going to realize they can't take you for granted or push you around like that. Um, So those are kind of my rules for getting ghosted. I think it's, it's definitely a shitty feeling, but I always say like, you would rather have that sting of like, damn, that stings. I really liked that person. than like the wound that would be created if the person led you on for six months and then was like, I literally don't like you at all. You would feel horrible. And I also think they're freeing you up for somebody else, somebody that's going to prioritize your needs and, and be really a good, a good person for you. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think a few things that you said really resonated with me. Like the first being it's not a reflection of you. It is absolutely 1000% a reflection of them. And I know that like feels so hard, but it's like, Oh, like I keep getting ghosted. You know, it's like, it keeps happening. It's like, well then, you know, it's still not a reflection of you, but maybe it's a reflection of the people that you're choosing to go out with and give your time and energy to. Yes. I also saw something um, recently that, that got me thinking that was like, if you're continuously going after people who are emotionally unavailable, you might want to look interior and wonder if you're also a little bit emotionally unavailable. And that would be why you're looking at people that are in the same spot as you. And there is no problem with being emotionally unavailable. I have been emotionally unavailable so many times and I've also failed to accept or recognize like my emotional unavailability. So sometimes we're going after people that are ghosting us, but it's still not our fault that they're ghosting us. Like we're just, we're just going after the people that we feel drawn to. And maybe that's time to do some inner work and reflection about, you know, how you might be feeling because like you're first, you come first. Yeah. And I had a guest on recently who shared that you might think that like you might actually be emotionally available, but you might be giving off the energy and the vibe that you're emotionally unavailable and they're matching that. So think about how you're texting. If you're playing these games, if you're waiting four hours to respond, if you're not you know, telling them that you're interested or showing them that you're interested. If you're not asking them on a date, if you're not like giving anything to them, like they're going to take that as a sign that you're probably not that interested. You know, like if you're sometimes if you're playing hard to get, 
you actually become hard to get because you're not even letting yourself be attainable. Totally. Totally. I agree. Yeah. So I think it's like, definitely if this is something that keeps happening to you, like, you know, take that time to reflect and be like, okay, is it some, is it something that I'm doing? It's still yeah. about them that they're ghost, like they're ghosting me. They can't, you know, take 10 seconds to copy and paste the text that is in their notes or that somebody else wrote for them. But also say like, well, if this keeps happening, is it something that I'm giving off that mm -hmm. is not what I'm trying to give off? Totally. Yeah. I love that. And I also love your point about, you know, five to seven days after like accepting that it happened. And mm. this is something like, I feel like I've heard you say a lot of times in a lot of different, you know, situations where it's like, sometimes you have to accept that things are the way they are, whether it's accepting that a situation isn't working out, whether it's accepting that you're, for example, like lonely or that you're single or that you're getting ghosted. Like you can start, you're not going to start to like move forward until you accept whatever it is that's happening. Also, it's like, don't make excuses for anybody who wouldn't make any excuses for you. Do you know what I mean? Like I spent so much time, like it's, it's, it's literally confirmation bias is what it is. I really liked a guy and we were seeing each other, but it was clearly like situationship, like exclusive hookup vibes in college. And I remember like mining for the details that would confirm the story that I had told myself, which was that we were going to date and that we really liked each other. And you know what? Maybe we did like each other, but it, for so many reasons, it wasn't going to happen. But at, like in the middle of the night when he would tell me something really sweet or when he would like ask me to do something during the day or when he would text me like kind of bare minimum stuff, I would use those as the details to confirm the story. And the story was yeah. that we were going to be together. And that story wasn't true. I was making excuses for someone who would never have made excuses for me. And I think it's like, you really have to like, it's hard to break your own heart, but I think it's like the bravest thing that we can do. I think also once you, once you start making excuses for somebody that in itself should be the sign that like, this is not working or this is not yeah. the situation that you want to be in. Like, I will be the first to admit I have made so many excuses for somebody else's actions or behavior in the past in, you know, dating situations. And there was no excuse. It's like they weren't yeah. treating me right. And I was, I wanted to be with them so badly that I was like, oh no, it's fine. Like, that's not what they mean. Or like, well, you don't know what it's like when it's just the two of us together. So it's like, I was making those excuses when I absolutely should not have been. I should have been saying like, actually this isn't okay. And like, I'm yeah. not cool with this. And like, it's not even, you're so right because it's not even like, don't make excuses for someone who wouldn't make them for you. Don't make excuses for someone when the other person doesn't have to make them for you because you're not doing anything because you're yeah. being available and communicative and responsible and respectful and all the things. If they're not doing that for you, like they're not matching your energy. You deserve better. Yeah. And it is such like a hard thing to grasp. Like what so we're sad. actually deserving of you know it's hard to realize that I feel like when we've accepted less and we've been okay with less and especially like when you want something so badly like to be in a relationship it's like sometimes we do accept the bare minimum mm -hmm. because of how focused we are on like achieving that goal but I think it's important to differentiate like it shouldn't be a goal to like be in a relationship it should be a goal to like be happy and if somebody yeah. comes into your life that can make you feel happy great if they're yeah. not making you feel happy then what's the point of them being there to check off that box on your to-do list of get a boyfriend yeah you're so you literally hit the nail on the head 
I want to talk about your relationship for a bit. So you've been dating mm-hmm. your partner for like over a year, right? Almost two. Yeah. Almost two. Amazing. There's one thing that you posted about, it, it was a video and you wrote, when I use my manifestation technique to manifest a soulmate, and I met my boyfriend six weeks later and he's an exact carbon copy of what I wrote down when I was manifesting. Yeah. So I want to talk about this because I don't know why this is my belief, but like, I don't, whether it's, I don't believe in manifestation or maybe I like have never really taken the time to understand it. I'm just curious, like, what was this process like? Like, how did this actually work? Like, what were the things that you wrote down and how did you meet? Yeah, that's a, that's such a good question. I think, okay. So I feel like I'm always surrounded by like manifestation naysayers or people who are like, that's fake or like, that's not worth it. And I am totally of the camp that it can be a little bit like, huh? Like, is that, are we, is that what we're doing? But for me, I was just in a really depressed and lonely state. Um, like probably around two years ago now. And I was with my best friend and I just noticed that she kind of like grabbed her life by the balls for lack of a better phrase. And just like, did things and put things in place to make her happy and she like spoke her happiness into the universe and it came back to her so like the law of attraction basically states that if you're putting positivity out into the world then all you can get back in is positivity like a boomerang in the same way if you're putting negativity out into the world you can only get negativity back so a good example is people that say I fucking hate valentine's day and I'm not talking about the people who are like it's a capitalist holiday that we don't need like a Hallmark holiday. I'm talking about the people who are like, I don't have a boyfriend or a partner. So I hate Valentine's day. I used to be like that. Like I don't have a partner. So I hate Valentine's day. Like screw all the people that get to go on Valentine's dates and that are getting flowers. Like it's not fair. You know, woe is me. If I'm giving that energy out, the only energy I can get back in is negative energy is like negativity from the world. I'm not going to get the partner that I crave or the, you know, even the happiness that I was craving at that time. But if I said to myself, and it's a lot of like, you know, subconscious or conscious thoughts rather become subconscious actions. So if I said to myself, like, I'm really happy for people that get to celebrate romantic love today, I'm going to celebrate self love and friend love today. And I just can't wait for the day that I get the flower delivery and I get to feel special. If I say that, then I'm putting positivity out into the world. And even if I don't feel it at first, eventually, those conscious thoughts are going to become subconscious actions. So I kind of started manifesting in that way where I was just putting good energy into the world, even when it felt kind of difficult. And then the other thing I started doing was instead of being like, I, let's just say I wanted to open a Pilates studio. I don't, but let's just say that was my goal. Oh, I just wish I could have my dreams come true. They're never going to come true. I just want to open this Pilates studio. Like I'm working so hard. What if I just said like future me five years down the line has a franchised Pilates studio in New York city. It's the best Pilates studio. Everybody loves it. Current me is working toward that goal. It's just a mindset switch. So for the romantic manifestation, all you really have to do, and this is a bit more of like a ritual thing that I like saw on TikTok and YouTube and kind of like made my own. Um, But in addition to all of that sort of like good vibey stuff, you just write down kind of exactly what you're looking for from a partner and you have to really open your heart and mind to the fact that they're coming your way. So really similarly to how if you wanted to open the Pilates studio, you would have to open your heart and mind to the fact that future you 10 years down the line has that success and current you is working toward it. You have to like get that into your body, that belief system. um, And you just believe that that person is going to come your way and you're going to manifest them and meet them. Um, You write it down, put it on a piece of paper and just forget about it. And that's really it. And then you just live your life and exist your life like I just told you that your soulmate is coming in a year like how would you live like you would have fun you would focus on yourself you would be intentionally selfish all of those kinds of things so we actually met from like a friend of a friend of a friend like 
I'd matched with someone on Hinge who I ne- like never met in person and we like followed each other on socials but didn't really hit it off romantically and like a year later he like randomly asked to set me up with his friend and that was like in my time of manifestation and it had been a few months of me really like just being more positive and giving positive energy out into the world so I feel like when you think about manifestation like that it's a bit more it's a bit less like um I'm just gonna write down that I want to win the lottery and then it's gonna happen and it's a bit more like I'm just reframing my mindset and my psychology so that I you know, I trust the universe a little bit. And for me, it's like, I don't, I don't know what I would have. I I know a lot of people like look to religion or their faith for those kinds of like, you know, okay, I have something to fall back on. I have a reason for like everything for me. It's just like the universe. I really feel like the universe has our best interests. I do feel like there are no coincidences. Like I, I live in that sort of mindset. I'm not really like a religious person, but I'm very like spiritual. And so I think for me, it was just those mindsets, which is it was less so of like uh, the way you hear about manifestation as it pertains to like crystals and moon water. And I do do all of that stuff. But like a lot of people are like, I'm not there. And that's fine. It's very like historical, beautiful practice, very cultural. Um, and I've learned a lot about it from the internet. But yeah, that's I would say that's my manifestation like thought process. I think that was a really great explanation for somebody like me who like doesn't hasn't fully like grasped it or understood it and I think like my main takeaway is I mean it doesn't have to be like so woo-woo like you're saying like it can just be these like mindset shifts and I think to your example of like Valentine's Day like I think even you know turning it on its like turning that negativity on its side and flipping the narrative and saying like I am going to celebrate this and I can't wait for like when I finally can it's like just having that different outlook, guess what? That's going to make Valentine's day not suck. It's It's going to make it. Yeah, exactly. Like you're going to be able to enjoy it. And I totally agree. Like the more positivity that you put out, like the more that comes back to you. And I also think that like the more open you are to the possibility of things like with the Pilates example, these were like great examples. Wow. (laughs) Like you should literally be a teacher. I'm not even kidding. Like with the Pilates example, it's like, right. Like, Oh, like I want this dream. It's never going to happen for me. Well, then you're not going to make any strides. You're not going to take any steps or do the things that you're going to need to do in order to get there. But in like the reverse of that is saying like, okay, this is where I want to be in five years. Like, I believe that I can do it. It's going to happen. It's going to be great. Well, guess what? Then you're going to start working towards it. Totally. And think even about you with your podcast and like your career journey, like you were maybe unintentionally manifesting because you made that podcast when you were at your old job and you thought this is like my happy spot. This is my place. This feels so right for me. Future me is going to have a really successful podcast of my own. And I'll look at you now. So maybe you weren't even being intentional about manifesting, but you did manifest like your success in this industry. Yeah. I love that. And I think that is like a really great call out. Like I literally like found this thing that I love to do. And then you know, things changed at the company and I was like fighting to keep doing it. And I'm like trying to get the next season approved. And they're like, like, okay, like jump through these 27 hoops. And then I ended up losing my job. And I was like, well, okay, wait, I found this thing I love to do. I really want to do it. I don't need to now go like put Robux in place by going to like another company. Why don't I just go and do it? And I was like open to letting it happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. I love that. Okay. So I did it. Like I, I literally did it without even knowing. Without even knowing. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Okay, cool. What, what, what's next for me? Got to, yeah, now I like, I feel like I want to try this, like actually like writing stuff down and, and seeing. It is. I will say I stand by it wholeheartedly. Like I was also unintentionally doing it. Like when I was 20 years old, I made a list of like 25 things I want to accomplish before I was 25. Um, I'll share some of them. I'm going to pull it up. Where is it? 25 goals. It was like 25. Okay. So one of them was to not have a desk job. Like I always wanted to be creative and like have a creative life. And that was something that was really important to me. Like I was like, I'll start there if I have to, but I'm not going to I'm not going to end at a desk job. I want to have a fulfilling creative job that's not at a desk. Um, And then the second one was that I wanted to get a specific advance on a book deal with a big five publisher. Then the third one was to be in love and it didn't have to be with a person, but just anything. Um, And then the fourth one was to travel more. So like all of those things, like I just wrote them down in my phone notes and I was just like, I'm living in pursuit of these goals. And even when I feel like I'm like, whoa, like, where am I going? Like, I feel so out of control. Like I am living in pursuit of these goals and writing things down. is just like, it's the easiest thing that you can do, but it's like, it can really like make things happen. Or at least I think it can. I love that so much. And I feel like there are notes apps are like a gold mine and like the the eyes into our soul. Like, I don't know what that phrase is, but like, holy shit. I would rather give someone my texts to read yeah. than my notes app. Like my notes app is in a dark fucking place, like full of spooky shit that like no one, no one needs to see. No, I literally get so scared sometimes. I mean, I take lists. I, I write down lists of literally everything. Like my boyfriend and I have a list of every single date we've ever go, gone on, every single show we've ever watched, like dinner we've gone to. I have lists in my phone from like, studying for pop quizzes when I was a freshman in college. But like, if I scroll at any given time, if I'm just like scrolling, 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 stop, I can definitely find like a long, like 10 paragraph text that I sent to a boy that is like the most embarrassing thing on the planet. No, absolutely. (laughs) Like I, it is so scary in there. Terrifying. Um, But I love all of that so much. And I really am excited to now like I want to try it and I'll report back and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I have a bunch of listener questions that people sent in. Some are about dating, some about New York city friends, all that. Love it. Let's do it. Okay. The first one is four months too soon to move in together. If we're both ready. I don't think so at all, but I'm, I think you have to, it's, I always say this on Instagram, but dating advice is super nuanced, right? Like if you meet somebody who like does not have the same priorities as you and like you just don't like your living situation and you're going to move in with them, maybe I would caution. But if you meet someone and you're like, let's say that you're almost ready to get to settle down and that's what you want. And like, I look at my parents, like they met when my mom was 21 and my dad was 30, but they, um, and they didn't move in together right away, but she said on the first date that she knew she was spending the rest of her life with him. And like, she wasn't wrong. So if you feel that way and the other person feels that way too, and it's not like, you know, something super hasty, but something you sit down and really talk about and think about, I see literally zero problem with it. I also think in this new like time of dating, like, especially with COVID, like things were sped up. And I see that I've spent a lot more time with my boyfriend than than in the last two years than I've ever spent with someone in a relationship because we are in an adult space where we're not like doing homework at night. 
and COVID, like we didn't have much to do or places to go. Like it was just comfortable to be together all the time. So I see zero problem with that. Like, I think you have to ask the right questions to yourself and ask yourself why you're doing it. But I think like at the end of the day, like there's no rules about when to move in with someone. Yeah. I agree with like asking yourself questions about it. When I, when I first saw this question, I was like, I don't know, like four months is very early. Like you guys might really not know each other. You might be caught up in like this, like crush and the honeymoon phase and all that stuff. But at the same time, like there are so many couples that we saw during COVID move in together very early and guess what? It either works out or it doesn't. And if it doesn't work out, then it wasn't probably wasn't going to work out anyway. You just have to like make sure that no matter what, like you're very open, you're communicative, like you're you have to remember that you're still learning about this person. And that never ends. Even if you move in together, like Jake and I just moved in together a year and a half into our relationship. We're still learning things about each other. It's not like you, it's not like you ever stop learning, but especially because it is newer, I think just really being so open about, you know, your expectations and what this means and what's comfortable for you. I think that's the way to do it. And just keeping that line of communication open and like keeping your options open. Like for me, if I was objectively in a four month long relationship and leases were going up and I was ready to move in with that other person, I'm lucky that my parents live 40 minutes away. So if things tanked, I could get out of that situation. Like, do you have, and I'm not saying like prepare an exit strategy, but like ask yourself all the questions and talk to your partner be like, listen, like I literally hate when my roommates don't take out the trash. It drives me nuts. I cannot be the only one doing it. I need to know that you're going to be able to do things like that. Like have a conversation with them as a friend, as a roommate and as a romantic partner. Absolutely. I think separating those things and recognizing that this person is going to be all of these things for you is a really good way to, you know, figure out what do you need and what can you give in all of these relationships? Yeah. 100%. Next question. I recently moved to New York City. What are some tips on making new friends? Oh my God, I love this one. So I knew you would. <laughs> I love this one. So for me, like I had this, I am a very introverted person. So everyone thinks I'm extroverted because I'm talkative, but I'm like, no, I have ADD. Like I'm, I just spew, but I'm not like the girl that walks into the classroom and sits next to somebody else and turns and says, hi, I'm Eli. But I had this earth shattering realization um, at the end of my college career slash into grad school where I was like, nobody ever thought it was weird to turn to the person next to them in a Pilates class, in a cooking class, wherever you are at a bookstore and just be like, Hey, I'm Eli. What's your name? Like that is objectively not strange. I don't know why we think it is. So that's like my number one tip, like just being friendly, talking to people, going to the same workout class at the same time where you're going to see the same people. But then also these days, content creators, the communities that we've been able to build and like not to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to my Facebook group and my Geneva chats, which are linked in my bio, like I meet girls all of the time who are literally like, I met my roommate in your Facebook group and we are best friends. Or like, I literally met the girl who's going to be the maid of honor at my wedding in your Facebook group. Like, I never knew I could have a friend like this. Or like, this is a group of gals that all got together from your Geneva chat. Like, if you have the same interest of a person that creates content, you're likely going to have a similar interest to their audience. Cause my audience is like idiosyncratic. And so is yours. You know, we have different audiences, but people that choose to be a part of our audience might have similar interests to one another because they have the watering hole that is like my content and the style of content I'm creating. Um, and I've just met so many people like on the street and randomly that were like, 
I did this with them. I did that with them. I met these girls um, that showed me pictures of them with their friend group that they met in the Facebook group in Paris. They were oh my like, God. Move. they like went to Paris together. Like the fact that I'm able to build community in that way is really special to me. But the fact that people take advantage of it is what matters. I do not. And I think a lot of people are hesitant about the whole Bumble BFF thing. So I'm like, think about everybody has these groups. Jenna Palik has one. Carly Weinstein has one. Like so many people are creating these Geneva groups and these Facebook groups where you can truly and honestly make lifelong friends. And like, they're, the girls are always making a plan. Like they, oh, they really always are. I'm like, um, a silent watcher of the groups just to make sure everything's like in control. And like, they're always making plans. They're always doing something. It's the best. Well, two things. One, I think it's so funny and so true what you said about like, why is it weird to just turn and say, hi, I'm Alana to somebody. It's like, it's it's a similar like concept I see with dating where it's like people think that because dating apps exist that like you can't meet somebody any other way like bars didn't go away they didn't disappear they're still there and it's like like why not like we all want to like meet people who are like us and if you're doing something that's a shared interest with somebody else there's a good chance that you're gonna have other common interests like and with the online stuff like I mean, I love, like, I'm in so many of these groups and there's one group I love on the Upper East Side. There's an Upper East Side Girls Facebook group. And I'm so proud of the number of people who will write like, hey, I just moved here. Like, this is a little awkward, but I don't know anyone. Or like, I just got out of a, like, a relationship and I'm going through a bad breakup. And I kind of just want somebody to like go on walks with. And like, first of all, it's admirable. I'm like, wow, like this person is awesome for putting themselves out there in that way. And second of all, there will be 50 comments of people wanting to meet up with them because we all feel the same fucking way. Yeah, we all feel the same way. Nobody has ever thought it was weird for you to just reach out. What's the the worst thing that happens? Like if you post in a Facebook group is like, I, I don't even think nobody would reply. Honestly, the worst Agreed. case is that you go out and be social and maybe you don't hit it off with that person, but maybe that person has a cool route. Like you never know. Like you never, you never know. know. Just put yourself out there. No, it's like you like matching on that dating app with somebody. And then a year later, like, Hey, I have a friend. Yeah. It's crazy. Like life is crazy. You have to just take all the little connections and little connectors like as you go. Exactly. All right. Next question. I lost it with an ex and said some horrible things after finding out he has a new girlfriend. What are some tips to accept that this happened? For me, it's like, think in the heat of the moment, things are always said. I think like I recently had an example of this, like, I said things I really didn't mean in the heat of a certain moment. And I think that's a human experience. And I try to remind myself that the past is written in ink. Like I have no control over what already happened. I have control over my reaction to what happened. And my reaction to what happened when I said the things I didn't mean was firstly to apologize. And like, maybe you don't owe your ex that, but I just said to the person, like, I'm really sorry for what I said. I didn't mean it. I've did a little digging and this is why I said what I said. I hope you can understand that I take it fully back and I hope you accept my apology and understand what I was going through at the time caused me to say that to you. I think an apology is a great thing to do even if you don't really want to reach out to your ex but if you feel like you were in the wrong and you were in the wrong I would just send a message being like hey that wasn't cool of me. I wish you the best. And then for going forward I would just get them out of your line of sight. Like set your boundaries and protect your peace block and mute them like don't torture yourself by watching content of them don't think up all the ways that that person might have changed for their new partner it's not healthy it isn't serving you like what is the goal of that I always ask myself what is the goal of something it's nothing right so that's a really big one for me where I just would really protect your peace and then I would just say like 
remember that this is all about your reaction going forward. You're not going to do that again. How are we going to make sure we don't do that again? For me, it's about, you know, thinking about the ways I confront people in a better way. Or, you know, when I know that I'm like PMSing and have a UTI and I'm not feeling well and I'm hungry because I didn't eat all day, not having that hard conversation with someone because I know how I react in situations when I'm not feeling my best as I just say shit that I didn't mean not having that hard conversation when I'm not in a good, good mindset, you know, and sometimes we can't avoid it. But that's kind of my advice. I think just like apology, protect your peace. And remember, this is all about your reaction to what happened. And like, you cannot change what happened. So it's really not about what happened anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. And I I think in terms of like apologizing and, and protecting your peace, you know, at that point, this is clearly something that's on your mind. It's something that's like upsetting you, you're feeling anxious about it. Like, do it for yourself. Like maybe you'll just feel a little weight lifted off your shoulders. If you do send that text explaining it. I know like there was once one time where like I went through a breakup with somebody and like I was in a really bad place and I maybe like a month after like drunkenly at like 3am texted him this whole paragraph about it. And I was so mortified. So embarrassed. He obviously didn't respond. I never said anything. And maybe like three months later, we ended up like meeting up and like got a drink and talked and he brought up like that text that I sent. And I was like, Oh my God, like I was so drunk. I literally did not remember sending that when I saw it, I like wanted to die. And he was like, wait, like, why didn't you just tell me that you were drunk? Like, I didn't know like what to say. Like I've thought about that text for so long. And I'm like, I thought it was obvious that I was drunk because it was 3am like my time. And he was like, Oh no, like I didn't think that at all. I was like, really like, like worried. And I didn't know like what to do, but I ended up not doing anything. And like, even just having that conversation made me feel so much better about it. Yeah. And like like, weight lifted off your shoulders. Exactly. And we all say things sometimes, whether we mean it or not, whether we're drunk or sober, like it's okay to say things, but don't let the fact that you did it, like, like you said, like you can't undo it. It's in the past. You did it. You have to accept it. You have to do whatever you need to move forward. A hundred percent. And I think your example is a really good one too. Yeah. So, all right. One or two more. Okay. Guy wants to be official after four dates, but I'm not ready. How can I lighten things up? Yeah, that's a really good question. I just listened to a podcast that was about confrontation. It was a Girls Gotta Eat podcast and they had an expert on there. And I've been talking about this a lot. And he was talking about confrontation as a sandwich. So you have to go in with something gentle. So I would say like, I love spending time with you and I'm loving getting to know you and I want to keep doing it. Don't start it out with like, hey, I'm not ready because then the person's going to start spiraling like, oh my God, do they like me? Like if you like the person and you want to keep seeing them, start out the sandwich, like your bread layer is like, I really like where this is going and I want to keep seeing you. Then the hard stuff is in the center, which is like, but I want to take things a little slower and I hope that's okay. And I want to take things slower. Maybe you don't have a reason. You don't owe them a reason, but because I just got out of a relationship, I want to take things slower because I'm not the kind of person that moves super fast. I want to take things slower because I'm really enjoying this moment of getting to know you. And I want to keep getting to know you before we put a label on it. And then you end it with, I really hope that we can meet on the same page because this has been so fun. And I can't wait to keep seeing you just reiterating. Like I'm not ready, but I want to keep seeing you. If you don't want to keep seeing with them, completely different story. But I think it's sort of just about being gentle. And the psychologist was talking about, I think they were a psychologist, I think they were a doctor. They were talking about how that just allows somebody's, like, imagine if someone said to you, like, imagine you asked someone to date you and they were like, I'm not ready, sorry. You would be like, oh my God, is that an excuse? How do they feel about me? But if someone said, I'm loving getting to know you, it's been so much fun. I can't wait to keep doing so. I'm not ready for a label. But I would love to keep seeing where this is going and keep getting to know you and we can talk about it a little bit more into the future. You would be like, 
awesome. Like, no problem. I guess we're not on the exact same page, but like, I'm coming back down to your page. I think it's just about like, if you do want to keep seeing this person and they aren't giving love bomby vibes, which if they're trying to make it official, I feel like they're not just taking one step back and like delivering that in a gentle way. Yeah. And I think that is such a great way to do it because it's not saying, no, I don't want to. It's not saying like, whoa, buddy, like slow down there, like pump the brakes. It's saying like, this is how I feel. This is where I'm at, but I am excited. And I do want to keep going. Like, is that okay? And you know, it's like the hard conversations are the ones that feel the scariest are the ones that, you know, you kind of want Mm -hmm. to avoid, but they're the most important ones to have. And the earlier you can practice having that type of exchange with somebody, the better your communication skills are going to be. And the more strong of a foundation you can build together. 100% I agree with you. Like laying the foundation of a house and it's concrete and strong, then you're going to build a beautiful house, but laying the foundation of a house, that's like a piece of plywood and it's not strong. Like the house is going to crumble. Yeah. I, well, no one can you know that, that, that Marin Morris song, like the house don't fall oh, when the bones, bones are-, are good. Yes. Yes. It's, it's one of those songs that I feel like people don't listen to the lyrics of. And then when you do, you're like, holy shit. It's literally about like a strong foundation of a relationship. Yeah. Have you seen the girl that like, um, yells Taylor Swift. She's a like, gorgeous with red hair on TikTok, and she yells. Yeah, Taylor yeah. Swift. I'm gonna do that for the bones are good. The rest don't matter on TikTok. I'm like, when the bones are good, the rest the don't rest don't matter. matter. <laughs> the paint can peel, the glass can shatter. It's like there can be problems, but if you build a strong foundation, like that goes for anything, any friendship, any you know business relationship, any partnership, any roommate ship, like whatever it yeah. is. It's like you have to start early communication from the beginning. And like, I was talking to a friend of mine who recently like lost her job and she wants to start freelancing. And, you know, she asked me for advice since I did that for a while. And I was like, honestly, like the most important thing for me. And I learned this the hard way was like setting boundaries from the start and communicating what those boundaries are, because that's how you, you know, set the pace. That's your foundation for how this partnership is going to go. And if you don't do that, it can absolutely blow up in your face. It's like true of everything. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like the way that we work relationships out is the way we can work friendships out and sometimes even like career things. Like I'm glad you said that. Yeah, exactly. All right. My last question for you, and this is my favorite question to ask is what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? Okay. So my favorite piece of advice I've ever received, which I applied to dating is be still and wait. Um, and it was told to me by a witch, actually. Like, not oh my God, to okay. Shit. But she was reading my tarot and she was like, you are happening to life at such an aggressive level. And that's great. But like, what about life happening to you? And I was like, I was like, oh my God. Like I was forcing myself in all these situations. I was running a marathon trying to find a partner. Like, what if I just enjoyed myself and like stayed in my lane and got my shit done? Like how, how would it look for life to happen to me? And like, for me to be gentle with myself. And she said, be still and wait. And when I started to be still and not like be bouncing off the walls, looking for answers to questions that I didn't even fully form yet, I was at this strangest level of peace. And that's when everything like when I was still and I waited, and this is when I was in grad school, that's when everything started happening with my career and my writing and just my friends and like my boyfriend. Like I, like it really makes me emotional to even think about getting that advice inside of um like this witch's apartment in Little Italy above the Little Cupcake Bake Shop. Oh my God. <laughs> it really did transform my life completely. And 
be still in wait. I think it's really special. It doesn't even have to pertain to dating and why I like it, but I think it can, like, you don't need to be like, you know, going on 10 bajillion dates. Like you're also in the driver's seat. You can just drive and maybe you're going to pull over eventually and somebody's going to want to get into your passenger side and that's going to be awesome. Um, I think that was, yeah, that's the best advice. I want to hear yours. Okay. Well, first of all, I love that so much. And I, there are a lot of times where guests will say things that like, we've heard before. I've never heard yeah. that. And so thank no, you for I sharing that. I think that is like so wonderful and so real. Um, mine is, and it's also something that you can apply to like every aspect of your life. And it's something that, you know, my mom probably told me every single year when I was a kid, a gajillion times a year, I didn't start applying it to my life until the end of high school. And it's, if you don't ask, you don't get. And the first time I ever... I <laughs> Yep. The first time I ever like actually listened was um, when I was touring colleges, I was at Syracuse University um, on their like accepted students day. And I was only going to go to Syracuse if I got into their communication school and I had gotten rejected from their communication school, but you can apply to three schools within. So I got my second choice, which was their photography program in their art school. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, this is stupid. I don't want to be here. I'm only, why are we even visiting the school? Like, I don't want to go unless I'm in Newhouse. And my mom's like, well, why don't we go over to admissions and you ask them to reconsider you say you belong there. And I'm like, that's that shit crazy. They're going to look at me like I have 10 heads, like, and laugh. And she's like, well, on, if you don't ask, you don't get, and I'm like, okay, fine. So like I went and I was like, I really want to reapply. Like, I think I belong here. And I'd like to like prove that to you. I can send additional materials, whatever it is. They let me reapply. And a few weeks later, I got an acceptance letter. And yeah, and that like that changed the trajectory of my life, you know? Yeah, I I love that too. Because I always say this, like, we freak out, like, does this person like me? Oftentimes, I feel like it's in, in very heterosexual settings. Like, does the guy like me? Does he like me? Like, he knows the answers to the questions that are keeping you awake all night. Fucking ask. And guess what? let's say worst case scenario he's like I see you as a friend or like I'm enjoying having sex with you but I don't want anything more wonderful he just freed you 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 were gonna find that out eventually you're gonna find out eventually find out now stop wasting your own time and I cannot say I said enough like what you just said it hits so hard because when I realized that I think I was a senior in college and I was like oh I can just ask if he likes me because he knows he knows how he feels about me. And, and guess what? Way, Asking the question is not going to change the answer. Doesn't change the answer. It's the same way as like, I'm getting so heated now, but like, oh my God, can I text him? If you texted someone, hey, how was your week going? And that changed their mind about you. They <laughs> like, need to go to therapy and touch grass. Fucking bye. Not, not deserve, like literally they don't need, that's fucking weird. Like imagine if you liked someone and they texted you, you would be thrilled to hear from them. Imagine if you didn't like someone and they texted you, you would be like, oh, I'm just going to let them know I'm not interested, like whatever. But you would never change your mind based on the nature of them messaging you. So Ever. like, I think that's just like, it's such key advice. And I love that you said that because it is so true. It literally applies to every single life situation. And I like, I'm so grateful that my mom taught me that and that, you know, one day I decided to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Eli, thank you so, so much for being here. This has absolutely flown by. I want to obviously shout out all the amazing things you're doing. Uh, Miss Congeniality, you have your book coming out. Where can people find everything, know everything, play it all? Okay, so 
firstly, my podcast, Miss Congeniality, I do booking. Um, usually like my assistant helps me with that. So I'm going to have her reach out to you so you can come on and then we can okay. maybe meet in person. We can yes. go to the studio, which I think is so fun. And I would love to have you as a guest. Um, and then I'm, my book's coming out next year. So stay tuned. But if you follow me at Eli.Rallo on Instagram or The Jar on TikTok, you'll know everything about the pre-order and everything else. But stay tuned for our episode on my podcast because I'm so excited now that I know you to like keep working together. <laughs> I'm so excited too. We absolutely have to meet up. I feel like there's so much that we just like, no, we, we would literally literally sit there talking for 48 hours straight like well, I think that we would literally be like just it would be cosmically gorgeous like I think yeah be I can't so wait fun. amazing yeah. all right thank you everyone for tuning in don't forget go check out Miss Congeniality follow Eli I'll put the links in the show notes and if you have not yet given a five-star rating and review please do that and then head over to Miss Congeniality listen give a five-star rating and review there and share this on your story send it to the group chat send it to a friend who would love to listen and love you guys. I will talk to you next time.